Francisco Entertainment Commission. My name is Ben Blyman. I'm commission president. Due to the COVID-19 health emergency and to protect entertainment commission members, city employees in the public, the city hall meeting rooms are closed. However, members and employees will be participating in the meeting remotely. This is this precaution taken pursuant to the various local, state, and federal orders, declarations, and directives. Commission members and employees will attend the meeting through video conference and participate in the meeting to the same extent as if they were physically present. Public comment will be available on each agenda item, both channel 26 and sfgovtv.org are streaming the number across the screen. Each speaker will be allowed two minutes to speak. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available via the Zoom platform using meeting ID 857-1973-5642. Or by calling 1669-900-6833 and using the meeting ID. If using Zoom platform to speak, select the raise hand option when it's time for public comment. If calling by phone, dial star nine to be added to the speaker line when your item of interest comes up. When you're asked to speak, you unmute yourself by sitting star six. Please call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly and turn down your television or radio. Alternatively, while we recommend you use the Zoom audio or telephone for public comment, you may submit a written public comment through the chat function on Zoom. Please note that the commissioners and staff are not allowed to respond to comments or questions during public comment. Thank you to SFGov TV and media services for sharing this meeting with the public. We will start with a roll call. Wow, I think that might've been the fastest you've ever gone. I'm like President the Blyman. Man. Here. Uh, Commissioner Falzon. Here. Commissioner Lee. Here. Commissioner Perez. Here. Commissioner Wang. Yeah. And I'd like to note for the record that uh, Vice President Camino and Commissioner Thomas both have excused absences this evening. Thank you. Um, the first order of business is general public comment. Are there any general public comments? Good evening, President. Good evening, Commissioners. I am checking right now and there are no hands raised in the Zoom platform. There's no chat comments, no calls. All right, uh, in that case, we will close that. The next agenda item is number two, which is approval of the minutes for January 18th, 2022. Do we have a motion to approve these minutes? I'd like to make a motion to approve the minutes. I'll second. All right, is there any public comment on the minutes? There's none. All right, we can have a vote. Okay, President Blyman. Aye. Commissioner Falzon. Aye. Commissioner Lee. Aye. Commissioner Perez. Aye. Commissioner Wang. Aye. All right, the minutes have been approved. The next agenda item is number three, which is a report from Director Wyland. Good evening, commissioners. Um, I have a couple of updates for you this evening. Uh, one, I wanted to give you a brief update on some recent changes to the health order that went into effect today that impact the entertainment and nightlife community. These changes are intended to bring local health guidelines more closely into alignment with state regulations. We sent out an e-blast on Friday with these updates. You'll see a copy of that in my director's report folder along with the current health order if you wanna take a look. But here are some of the high level notes in regards to our industry. Uh, for indoor mega events, those with 500 or more attendees, patrons are required to be fully vaccinated, including a booster if eligible, or have a negative COVID test in order to enter the event. Staff are required to be up-to-date vaccination staff, including a booster if eligible, 
or they can claim a medical or religious exemption and be allowed to provide a negative COVID test. Staff are required to fill out declination paperwork to claim this exemption. Masking is still required at indoor mega events regardless of vaccination status. For spaces or events where food or drink is served indoors as well as fitness establishments, these businesses are now urged to require patrons and staff to show proof of receiving a booster if eligible. That said, businesses are allowed but not required to accept exemptions from the vaccination requirements for patrons and staff based on religious beliefs or qualifying medical reasons. In order to exercise these exemptions, qualifying patrons and staff must show proof of a negative test result and wear a well-fitting mask. Lastly, in terms of showing proof of negative COVID tests, the test must be taken within one day if an antigen test or within two days if it's a PCR laboratory test. They must have print or electronic copies. Um, At-home antigen test is not acceptable proof of a negative test. A test result from a third-party laboratory is needed. Uh, Let me know, firstly, if you have any questions around those rules, and we also have senior analyst Rice here to help answer. Go ahead, Commissioner Perez. Just, um, I want to make sure I heard you correctly. Did you say for restaurants that a booster is required? I said for spaces or events where food or drink is served indoors, these businesses are now urged to require patrons and staff to show proof of receiving a booster, and that's if eligible. Okay, thank you. No problem. Any other questions on that before I move on? Okay. So the other big update this evening is around corrective actions. So um, I've spoken with some of you individually. Others have likely heard from President Blyman, or you've potentially read in the news of an incident that occurred weekend before last in one of our permitted venues. And this was on Friday, January 21st, close to midnight um, at 26 Mix in the outer mission on mission near Cesar Chavez. Um, there was a homicide inside of the venue. Um, a patron was stabbed with a sharp object um, and bled out on the dance floor and passed away prior to emergency vehicles arriving. Um, this is our worst case scenario kind of situation. Uh, it has not occurred in one of our permanent venues in five years. Um, So this is, you know, it's a good track record that we haven't had to deal with this in quite a long time, but it is happening now. Um, And so both Deputy Director Azevedo and I took swift action um, in working with the venue and working with the police department and working with senior leadership of the commission um, to respond. So on that weekend, the following morning, uh, Deputy Director Azevedo got in touch with the venue who uh, closed their space uh, after our urging for that weekend. So we recommended that they go dark um, in response to the incident occurring uh, based on the severity of it. Um, and so they did do that, which is great. We asked them to, to take the time to review their permit their conditions and their security plan and get back to us in an in-person Zoom meeting um, a couple days later, letting us know how they plan to uh, improve their conditions. 
Um, in the meantime, we also had conversations with the police department, as mentioned, and with President Plyman and Commissioner Falzon and Vice President Camino, who all gave really good um, advice going into that meeting. Um, so we did have a meeting with the permit holders and asked them for their take on what had happened that evening. We were able to go back and forth and ask a lot of questions about the incident with the captain of Mission Station on the call as well. Um, and at that time, we were able to assess that they were out of compliance with a few of their permit conditions, including security conditions. And for a list of those, I would urge you to check out our notice of suspension for public safety that's located in the director's report file for tonight. Um, so that will really spell out exactly what they were out of compliance with uh, and what we're working with them to urge them to come into compliance with immediately. Um, so in response to the incident itself and due to the fact that they were out of compliance with their permit and conditions, uh, we did issue a suspension for public safety of their entertainment permit this past weekend. We also thought that was really timely just because we figured there would be many people coming out again to celebrate in the mission um, in preparation for and during the 49ers game. Um, and again, just as a reminder, our tools for suspension mean that we're suspending your entertainment. We're not suspending your business or operations. Um, we're just asking you not to have DJs, live entertainment, karaoke, etc. So they did do that. Um, Inspector Fiorentino did visit the business both on Friday and Saturday and saw that they were complying with the suspension. Uh, we will continue to visit the business frequently to check on the, their security condition compliance. Um, Beyond that, uh, we have heard from President Blyman and Vice President Camino that they would like uh, the business to come to hearing on February 15th, so our next possible hearing, um, as they'd like to hear from the business themselves in terms of how they're planning to comply with their existing permit conditions, which we feel are robust enough to um, ensure public safety at the premises. Um, you might not recall, but we will uh, be sure to put together a timeline for you all in preparation for that hearing that we have worked on progressive disciplinary actions at this business prior to COVID. And so during that process, we had brought them to a hearing with all of you where we um, essentially had them comply with a revised security plan and that you all approved at a hearing that was very robust. So this is a small business. It has a capacity of about 180, which is um, surprising because it's pretty small. Um, on the night of the incident, there are about 50 people there. That being said, anytime they're having entertainment on the weekends, they're required to have four security guards, which is a lot for a small business. Um, so beyond that, they're supposed to be doing wanding, pat downs and bag checks of all of their patrons and patrons that are re-entering the business after they've left to potentially go outside for a smoke break, to go into their car, what have you. So it's pretty um, significant what they're supposed to comply with. And we feel that if they actually do comply moving forward, we shouldn't be in this seat again. Uh, that being said, we're going to leave it to you all that evening to potentially recondition their permit further um, or to take the opportunity to just ask questions and get an update from all of them. 
If you have any questions about this, I'm here to answer those now. I'm also happy to brief any of you individually after this hearing, um, if that helps. Go ahead, Commissioner Falzon. Executive Director, I just really wanna applaud your rapid response to this. Um, I know some of the people on the commission were around over five years. We went through a very tough spell of violence in nightclubs uh, to the point that the Board of Supervisors started getting involved. And uh, I, I think your efforts are exactly the response we need to be having. And it was sure and swift. And I just wanted to applaud you and uh, the Deputy Director for uh, really, um, I mean, it's, it's the ultimate crime. And we know these things can happen. It's just the nature of life, but it's our role to do the best to the extent that we can to keep places safe. And uh, I just wanted to really thank you for um, really responding literally within hours of, of this incident. So thank you. Thank you. Any other questions on this one? Nothing. Uh, do you have a further reports here, Director, or is that it? That's it for this evening. <clears throat> Can you guys hear me? Yep. You heard my response, right? Oh, now my internet's acting up. I may have to power cycle in a second here, but um, did you say nothing further? It just totally. That's right. Yeah, nothing further. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. Um, all right. Is there any public comment on the director's report? Going to flash the public comment slide just for a few seconds. All right. And checking and there is none. Okay. And let's put, we will close this agenda item and move to the next. Uh, the next agenda item is number four, which is an enforcement report from Deputy Director Azevedo. Thanks, President Blyman. Good evening, commissioners. Happy February. Um, the enforcement report is included in your file this evening, and you'll see that it's quite a short memo in comparison to the previous hearings we've had recently. So we received 17 sound complaints since our last hearing, which is a big decrease since we last met. We did have coverage out this past Sunday in an effort to respond to any complaints that came in during or after the 49ers game, but since they lost, the city was quite quiet and we did not receive any complaints. The only enforcement visit that I want to mention this evening is about Gestalt and delirium. Um, so as you know, we have received numerous complaints about Gestalt and we have verified non-compliance at the location and is issued citations there. Um, in fact, you'll be hearing from the owner here in a few moments during an upcoming agenda item. But what I wanted to share with you tonight is that when Inspector Fiorentino responded to a complaint about Gestalt in re real time this last Saturday night, he verified the business was not hosting any entertainment. So he called the complainant and after learning where they lived, he walked around the block and he heard music coming from Delirium. So Inspector Fiorentino was able to confirm that the sound the neighbor was hearing was coming from Delirium, not Gestalt. He found the manager of Delirium and spoke with him about the complaint and the sound that he was hearing outside. The manager turned the volume down and afterwards, Inspector Fiorentino spoke with the complainant again, who confirmed they could no longer hear the music. So Delirium has a grate on the side of their building that sound escapes from. 
We were aware of this problem before the pandemic, but now that they're open again, we need to revisit uh, the situation with the business. So our first step is for Inspector Savino to go out and visit. He's gonna set a sound limit, and then we're gonna determine how the business can comply moving forward, knowing that they have this weak point of sound mitigation. And then if we receive any future complaints about just salt, we will be sure to also check out delirium at the same time. That is the only update that I have for you this evening, but I'm happy to answer any questions that you might have. Hey, just off agenda, did we lose President Blyman? It looks like he had to power down to come back. So yeah. I'd say yes. if somebody wants to step in and be um, acting president for a moment, that would be really helpful. Commissioner Falzon, I designate you. <laughs> okay. Um, I apologize, but I don't have a copy of the agenda in front of me, but can we go to the next agenda item? Um, I think just if you go ahead and see if anyone has questions yeah. from the commission, then anyone see if have, any public yeah, yeah. comment. Any any uh, questions of the uh, deputy director's report? <laughs> Thank you. Seeing none, do we have any public comment on this item? Senior analyst I'm, Rice, I'm I am checking right now, and there is none. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> can we? Uh, can someone uh, point out? Can we go to the next agenda item, please? Absolutely. Um, I will just say that the next agenda item for this evening is. Um, updates on nightlife business assistance in response to COVID-19 by our near and dear friend in the Office of Economic and Workforce Development, Ben Van Houten. Ben, if uh, we'll bring you on in and hopefully President Blyman will be returning soon. Ben, ben, I'm feeling very powerful and I really feel like I have an opportunity to exploit things before our president gets back online. But since you're looking so sharp tonight, we're just going to pass it off to you. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Acting Acting President Falzon. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, good evening. Have 30 seconds of fame. <laughs> good evening, Commissioners. Uh, ben Van Houten, Office of Economic and Workforce Development. I have a short presentation. Let me share this. Oh, what am I doing, the right one or the wrong one? Is that the, which, is that the, the internal controls one? This is Nightlife Business Assistant Update. But you can see, just to be clear, you see the full screen slides? Yep, full screen is February 1st. Perfect. Just a couple of short updates uh, for you on the state and local front. On the state front, uh, a handful of developments recently. Um, earlier in January, the governor released uh, the budget blueprint, which um, had a, an important note for our venues and nightlife businesses that received federal grant funding through either the Restaurant Revitalization Fund or the Shuttered Venue Operators Grant uh, programs. There was some concern uh, from operators about whether those grant funds would be considered taxable income, uh, which obviously would have been a, a significant impact for our business owners. And uh, in the governor's budget blueprint, uh, the, the, the governor's office stated that they will exempt, the state will exempt those grant funds from taxable income and allow normal deductibility for the expenses related to those grants. So a really positive, helps take some, some pressure off and some worry off uh, venue owners that, that were concerned about the, that possibility. On the legislative front, uh, SB 793 advanced to the assembly out of the Senate uh, earlier this month. That is Senator Wiener's bill that would create a music venue liquor license and also 
uh, authorize local governments to create uh, entertainment zones for restaurants and bars to engage in uh, uh, essentially to-go service into uh, spaces for uh, street fairs and festivals subject to a local planning process um, and, uh, and, and other work. Um, Senator Dodd introduced SB 846 earlier this month, which um, it, it's a little bit tough to articulate. I have here restoring to-go sales for bars and delivery. That's again, it would, it would uh, include bars and, um, and delivery sales of alcohol into the current, I believe it's five-year program for to-go sales, a continuation of the pandemic emergency program uh, that was adopted into law for restaurants doing uh, to-go pickup sales uh, last year. And then finally, the last uh, state item is that the uh, Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control uh, sent out an announcement, um, I believe, earlier this week regarding the Responsible Beverage Service RBS training requirement. That is a, uh, it was adopted a few years ago into state law. It is a new training and certification requirement for managers and servers at on-sale businesses, and, and that's a ABC term, so on-sale restaurants, bars, music venues, um, and actually at least one person at the site of a uh, street fair uh, or other one-day licensed uh, event has to be RBS trained as well. Um, August 31st is the deadline for managers and servers to get the training, to take the certification exam. Um, already been talking with uh, uh, Dylan and, and, and thinking about ways to do outreach around uh, this uh, deadline. I know that business owners have a lot going on right now. We have we have a good amount of time to make sure everybody's informed so it can do some good outreach to around this requirement. On the local front, uh, a couple of updates. Uh, last week, uh, our office, OEWD, launched the request for proposals uh, for the SF Live initiative. Um, this is a, a request for proposals to find nonprofit organizations to administer this new campaign to support the live music and entertainment sector. Um, as a reminder, we've talked about this a few times, but the campaign will include outdoor concerts and parks and plazas curated by our indoor venues, as well as some initiatives to launch a San Francisco music brand and a local music week. Um, applications in this request for proposals are due February 16th at 5 p.m., but I also want to highlight a slightly earlier deadline, which is uh, tomorrow, February 2nd at 11.59 p.m. to get written questions in, and so really encouraging any potential applicants uh, to send written questions and there's information and in the, the email address to do that is all in that, that URL there. Um, but actually it's oewd.procurement at sfgov.org uh, for the record. But if anybody has any, any questions they want to put into writing uh, to get clarification uh, before that RFP deadline, really encouraging uh, people to do so. And then finally, the Music and Entertainment Venue Recovery Fund closed its second round of applications. Um, in total, there are now 74 eligible venues. So four additional venues were added to the uh, to the, the the recovery fund pool during the second round. And so second round grants are going to total $6,776 for each of the eligible, all 74 eligible venues. So great to, to get some extra uh, funds to these businesses as um, you know the Omicron variant has uh, continued to impact the stop and start of uh, attendance at, at live entertainment. Um, and thank you to Director Weiland for highlighting the local uh, updates on the health order and the impacts uh, uh, there to the venue community and um, the nightlife community. And with that, I believe that's it. And uh, happy to answer any questions.
Thanks, Ben. Really quick, how's the um, flow of um, responses to, for the RFPs coming in? Is it doing well? Is there more we can do to promote that? I know it's a really important opportunity. Yeah, um, any any effort to get the word out. I know that the, the commission uh, newsletter put it out last week, which is great. And um, and any um, any any ability to put it out there to, to promote it to, um, you know, we want anyone and everyone to be looking at this. I totally agree. Um, getting getting good qualified applicants to respond to this is going to be really critical to executing uh, a lot of a lot of programming later this year. Um, the it was launched last week. We haven't we haven't received at least actually I don't know if we've received any submissions yet. I'm I'm assuming we haven't received any submissions yet. Um, and I assume that that many of them will come in a little closer to the due date, which is totally fine. Um, but um, but you know I, uh, anything any any and all of you can do to get the word out. And um, uh, you know I know there's good language in the in the Entertainment Commission newsletter that can be used to share socially. And I'm happy to provide additional um, you know additional language or anything else if helpful. Okay, got it. We'll step up. Thank you. All right. Any other questions? All right. Thank you for the update, sir. I'm so sorry that I wasn't here to introduce you. <laughs> Never happen again. I promise. Is there any public comment on uh, Mr. Van Houten's report? Let me flash the slide for a few seconds. I'm checking and there is none. All right, in that case, I will close public comment and we can move on to the next item. <clears throat> the next agenda item is number six, discussion and possible action to amend the permit conditions of limited live performance permit Number EC-1601, DBA Gestalt, located at 3159 16th Street, San Francisco, regarding ongoing enforcement actions at the business. And we will ask Deputy Director to introduce this item. Thank you, President Blyman. Commissioners, in your folder for this item, you'll see that there is a memo as well as a copy of the uh, limited life performance permit. So at the request of the commission, this item was agendized to bring the owner of Gestalt, Daniel Hawkins, before the commission to discuss ongoing LLP permit violations at the business. Since April 2021, we have received, excuse me, this should say since April 2020, pardon me, we have received 41, uh, nope, going back, it is since 2021, I apologize for the confusion. So since April 2021, per my memo, we have received 41 311 sound complaints and numerous email complaints about Gestalt. 18 of these complaints were made prior to the business being granted uh, their LLP permit, which happened on July 29th of 2021. The remaining 23 311 complaints have been made since the permit was granted. In total, we have visited the business on 18 different occasions, of which they were in violation eight times. To date, Gestalt has received one notice of violation and four citations. The last two citations were issued for violations on January 8th and January 14th of this year. On January 8th, they had a DJ performing at 1 a.m. and the front door was open. And on January 14th, they had a band performing after 11 p.m. After the January 8th violation, I corresponded with Daniel via email. And on January 13th, he submitted a co compliance plan outlining how they will avoid future permit violations. 
However, the next night when Inspector Fiorentino visited the business, they were again hosting entertainment after 11 p.m. I have spoken with Daniel directly since the last violation on January 14th, and I reiterated all of the permit conditions and explained that the reason they are not permitted to hold a POE permit is due to their zoning district. Should Gestalt wish to apply for a POE permit, they'd first need to obtain a CUA from the planning department to add entertainment as a principal use to the premises. Daniel confirmed that he understands his permit conditions and he is up to date on all of his citation fees. This agenda tonight is to discuss item Gestalt's LLP permit. And because it is an action item, you do have the ability to recondition the permit. At this time, staff does not have a recommendation for reconditioning, but you all make recondition as you see fit after the discussion. However, we do suggest that you use the opportunity of this agenda item to discuss the importance of following the rules, ensuring Gestalt's program is in accordance with their current permit conditions. As a reminder, they are permitted to host entertainment until 11 p.m. daily, and there is a copy of the permit in your file, as I mentioned. Here to speak with you is Daniel Hawkins. I will bring in Mr. Hawkins right now. Mr. Hawkins, if you can hear us, please unmute Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Okay, great. So, so yeah, so, um, yeah, so we are, of course, not going past 11 anymore. We've learned our lesson the hard way several times. Um, and we do have a new software in place with a tablet where we are going out, going through, everything's going through our, our QSC speakers. So we don't, there's not, there's rare, it's rare that someone comes in with an amplifier to do anything. And then I, if they do, I walk around with a, a, uh, a decibel reader and I make sure that we're below the, what we've been allotted, 94 decibels. So um, I'm, it's basically now I, it's, it was, a, there were slip ups that I apologize for, but um, yes, um, I know now that I, I can't afford in any way, shape or form, uh, yes, to continue to be in violation and um, keeping the door shut when we have live music and um, you know not going past 11 and keeping the decibel level down and um, making sure that all my employees are, are well versed on how to work the equipment and we have that we can control the house level the house master volume at the, our fingertips on a tablet um, so it's uh, we pretty much have the most cutting edge technology in place to make sure that we can control the volume from the bar, from the, from the, behind the bar um, of what's going on. So that's uh, where we're at with this. And hopefully we wouldn't have to, you know, go any, any, uh, get, get uh, any less, our hours reduced as far as entertainment. Because um, 11 o'clock is, is tough on the weekends. We pretty much just, people just get warmed up and we have to stop at 11. So it's tough. So we're, we're luck, we're thankful to be able to go to 11. We'd be, it would be hard on us. We had to, had to uh, stop earlier. But um, yes, I do understand that we've had enough noise complaints that I need to make sure that I'm in compliance and I'm, I'm, uh, I've been working on, on that. And you shouldn't receive any more. Shouldn't, I shouldn't be in violation. You're probably gonna get noise complaints here and there, but, but we shouldn't be in violation um, of our, our permit anymore with the measures I've put in place. <laughs> Questions? Comments? Commissioner Perez? Should I have a question for Deputy Director uh, Azevedo? 
Uh, you mentioned that there were eight violations uh, besides the doors being open and banned performing after 11. Are there any other types of violations that you can give us a little bit more context? Those were primarily uh, the music or the volume being uh, above their approved sound limit, the door being open and being after playing music after their approved uh, end time, which as an FYI, it was originally 10 p.m., but due to the legislation that was introduced in November, it automatically extended until 11 p.m. So we did experience violations pre-November that was music being played after 10 p.m., but they are permitted to play until 11 now. So those are the three examples of what we've been encountering. I will say that the sound limit has not been an issue in our last few visits, though. Okay, thank you. Commissioner mm -hmm. Felzon. Uh, good evening, Daniel. So just a couple, and I know you're speaking spontaneously, but I did write down a couple sound bites that you said. The first one was, we learned the hard way. Can you expand on what you mean by that? Oh, just uh, the fines that we've incurred. Well, the fines are what? A, a buck 30 a piece and you got three of them? Uh, I, to me, uh, yeah. yeah, but my point is, I think you made conscious operational decisions to operate the way you did. Uh, Twenty minutes of business will pay that fine five to fivefold. So actually, actually, that that's that sounds that sounds good in theory, but right now we're we're grossing maybe, you know, um, average of four hundred dollars a day um, for the for ten hours, twelve hours of business. It's incredibly slow, and I'm spending money on the band, so I'm I'm actually having a tough time surviving. I'm I'm circling the drain as a business right now, so it is extremely hard on me. Uh, there's the fines and I, I and it's a, it's you know of course I just want to be in compliance and keep my permit um, and I and I can't simply cannot ever even afford to do to be fined ever again I can't do it so that's what I'm saying is essentially I am so, uh, so that fair enough and I and I, I got to tell you I wish I was in a more compassionate mood tonight because I don't like hearing what you're telling us but that's not what tonight's hearing is about um, so explain to me how you went past 11 then if it wasn't an operational conscious decision. Um, you know, it was a, it was an oversight. I was there, and I it was eleven fifteen, and it was a uh, Latin jazz band playing softly, and I just it would seem so benign that I didn't really look at the at the time, and so that was just a slip up, and I it's something that I have no real excuse for, um, and so now I'm just much more conscious of, of it being eleven, and the bands know they can't go past eleven; they stop like at ten thirty, um, so we're going we're we're very very active and uh, proactive in making sure that people don't go past 11 p.m. Okay, um, well, that's yeah. that's encouraging. Um, and the only last thing I'll say is getting 41 complaints since April, you, you, you were averaging more than a complaint a week. I mean, there's only 52 weeks in a year, and this isn't even a 12-month cycle. Um, I mean, here's the thing. I, I'm going to take it on face value that you're being honest with us, but, man, you ate up a lot of city resources dragging your feet making this place right. And even tonight being before us, honestly, this commission would much rather be advocating for you that you're only making 400 bucks a day. That is terrible. Unfortunately, um, what we're here tonight talking about is, is your disregard for your permit and the conditions on it and pretty much going rogue and, and really not being mindful to all of our inspectors visits, which I'll point out was 18. Um, so I'm going to take it on face value that, that you're on top of this. And uh, on a positive note, just to wrap up my comments, um, I really sincerely hope that you turn the corner and, and you start making some solid money 
and uh, you get back in the black. So good luck and thank you. Thank you, sir. Okay. Comments, Commissioner. Okay, so <clears throat> yeah, I mean we're all in the same boat, right? I mean you know Omar Khan and everything. <clears throat> um, going back to uh, Commissioner Falzon's um, eighteen different things. Can you tell me exactly what your procedures as far as operation goes? I mean it's obvious that you know we give out LLPs for a reason, right? We want to help small businesses that can't get uh, full entertainment permits. And it sometimes is also kind of a test whether or not you deserve to get the uh, full POE. And, right. and, and, you know, for a person like myself who's had POEs for over 20 years, you know, those licenses to me is like a holy grail. And I think right now you, uh, you realize if you don't have a permit, you're not going to be making $400 even. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So my question for you is, Knowing all that, when you got your LLP, and you and you, I'm sure you watched other commission meetings and talk, and how we talk to other uh, owners and how we try to get the respect both ways. What were you thinking when you know when the first couple of times that the inspector has come to your location? I mean, did you did you? I mean, were you not on the premise when these things happened? Uh, I mean, were you letting the bands bring in their own amplification? when you know that you should have control of your own amplification. Um, yeah, I'm, just, I think, I'm just curious what's going through your mind at that time. Yeah, I think, I think it was a combination of that. Either I wasn't here or I was, and I was letting people come in with their own amplification. It was a combination of, of, of over, you know, not being uh, on top of it. And so it's, uh, it's been a, been a learning curve. This is of course the first time I've had a permit for this place and it's been, you know, something I'm getting used to. And I've obviously, want to keep it and so i'm i'm working harder and harder to not waste resources and uh and have you guys having to keep coming out so i'm uh yes i've taken a lot of measures since then to so control the volume and to shut the front door and to be done by 11. so when you're not there say you have to step out for dinner or something who's sure. in control of your premise uh, it would be the the bartender and they're they've uh they've got decibel readers the the apps for a decibel reader on their phones and they're to, to, they know that they know the decibel level that we can go to, and they need to make be sure to, to walk around and make sure the decibel level is below 94. And so that's when you know, that's okay. where I you know I, it's hard for me to be completely on top of it. I'm not here. I don't work every shift. I can't work every shift here. Um, yeah. So that's but they do. They are informed on on what to do and how to control the volume. And we do have new software that we put in place, bought new new uh, equipment to to control. The master volume from a tablet um, with software that we can control the levels of, of everything around from the TV to the, to the live music to the DJs to the Bluetooth. Um, so we, we've got a pretty pretty modern technology here that we should be we should be able to, to use and stay in compliance. And and all your uh, band, all the bands and everything pipe through a board that you control. They pipe, yeah, they pipe through a snake that goes into uh, yes that we can control. Um, some of them do bring in their little Fender amps because they have their own sound, their own thing they want to do. But then I, I confront them with that and say, you got to keep the decibel level down. I walk up right in front of the stage, right by the door and make sure the decibel levels is low enough because some, there's going to be times when somebody pretty much their whole sound is through their old Fender guitar and, and an old Fender amp. And they, so they, they kind of insist on that. And 
I guess I could just not have them play anymore. But I, I think it's probably okay if we just keep their decibel level uh, below the the 94. If that's correct me if I'm wrong. So, um, so the bartenders that when you're not there, they take full responsibility of everything. If a law enforcement officer walks in, um, and you're and the obviously they'll be the manager and responsible, correct? Correct. Or they say no, I'm just the bartender, and the owner's not here. Well, they can call me, but yes, correct. They are. They know to be yes to be accountable for what's going on. <clears throat> okay. All right. I have no other questions. Uh, I just um, hope when it's time for you to get your full POE that the rest of the uh, we don't get any more complaints. Yes, thank you. I just said it's important. It, it, would, it would help us out tremendously to be able to go later and stay in compliance and try to be able to to, to progress with this um, and not yeah not be out of compliance. Okay, thank you. Yep, thank you. Uh, Commissioner Perez. Thank you, President Blyman. Hi, uh, Daniel, I have a couple of questions for you. I was wondering when you book this artist, do you have a contract that you that they sign, you provide to them that specifies that they need to comply with certain decibel readings, they need to end at a certain time? Is that, is there some, do you guys do this, that kind of contract? Uh, not so much, it's more just a verbal contract. Um, so I, I discuss with them the, the decibel level and show them on my phone right in front of the stage. You okay. Know. But maybe yes, you right. might consider maybe like a handy kind of guide in, in performing to also you can give to all your performing artists. So one sheet has all the rules and regulations and being able to perform at your venue. So then you, for every, everybody will just get that sheet automatically. So they don't know the decibel reading, the rules, they need to be done by certain time, start yeah. by certain time. So maybe you can consider having that. I think that's, yeah, I think that's a great idea. So that's, I'll put that in play. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah. Mr. Wang. Hi, Daniel. Thanks for being here tonight. Um, all of us here on the commission are serving in these roles because we really believe in small business and we believe in promoting entertainment and that it's a really important part of the ecosystem here. But you know, reading the interactions that our inspectors and the community have had with your business, it's really concerning for me that it that there's just been repeat violations over and over after multiple consultations and advice, even from our own inspectors, that seems like it's just recklessly disregarded. And to see that you submitted a compliance plan and then to have them go the next night and you're already having you're already acting outside the bounds of that and have live performance going after 11 p.m. again it's hard for me to believe it's just one slip up so um i want to we want you to help us to help you you know i want to believe you're acting in good faith but based on this pattern it's difficult for me to see that especially with you tonight saying when you're out you hope that people will check the decibels on their apps um, and you're all going to try. Uh, I would like to see a higher level of commitment here and, a, and I have a little bit more confidence that you're going to be able to execute on this because the pattern so far just doesn't indicate that to me. So I'd really like to hear more from you. Just, I just don't feel very reassured based on what I've heard tonight. Okay. Yeah, that's, um, understandable. Um, I think really it's just, uh, yeah, that, um, all I can do is I'm thinking I might 
put a decibel reader on the wall in front of the stage so they can see the decibels and then have that written contract. Am I being heard? Um, yeah, okay, so have a, have a decibel reader in front of them so you can see it and have the, the, the uh, instructions for the bands written out. Um, like, uh, like Al was talking about, um, and uh, that that's a good start. And, and, it, and it's essentially, yeah, um, I didn't mean to sound like it's gonna maybe happen, it's got to happen. And like I said, I'd like to keep this permit, I'd like to stay in compliance and I'd like to not be fined anymore. I'd like to not piss off my neighbors, <laughs> right? So, um, yeah, so that's, uh, it is a, it's, yeah, it's been, a, we've come a, a quite a, you know, come a long ways from uh, from the beginning of January with our software, with our, our technology we have now to, to, uh, to control everything. And so we, all the two, the two, uh, the two problems we had in January were going past 11. And one of them, I was, the, it was a DJ that I didn't even have scheduled that just went up there. And I, I should have been more proactive to stop him. The other one was the band that went till it was 11.15. I just, it wasn't paying attention to the time. And now that's not going to happen ever again. Because I just simply, you know, okay, you, I don't want to waste any more resources from you guys. And I don't want to take up your time. I don't want to be fined. And I, I would like to keep my permit. Um, I don't know how else to explain it. But I really do want you to understand that I'm working hard to stay in compliance. <clears throat> any other questions? President Boyman, I'd like to just clarify oh, something from Commissioner Lee regarding the. Okay? Everybody, all right? Yep, that was not that was not me, um, but I'm not. I mean, to speak for anybody else, I hope everybody's okay. Um, I just wanted to clarify what something that Commissioner Lee said regarding the next steps for a POE, and I did want to confirm that right now, Gestalt is not eligible for a POE unless they do go through the conditional use authorization. So, I just want to put that on the record where that stands thanks so he hasn't applied for it or he tried to apply no no he has not he has not applied and he could not apply without first gaining uh, planning. approval from the planning department planning department that's right so basically he this is all the permit he can have so that's oh. right without a few <laughs> yeah. that's correct well i hope for his sake depending on what we decide today, if we wanna give them one more opportunity or not. But I mean, for me, for that much time and all those 41 complaints, that's kind of it for me. I remember in the old days, uh, Commissioner Falzon, if I got that many complaints, we'd be shut down. <laughs> but times are different now, but um, you're lucky, uh, Mr. Hawkins, you weren't around when I was doing it. <laughs> Um, okay, that's all I have. All right. Yeah, um, yeah, no, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, so I, here's my thoughts. So, um, I, you know, I, I've been doing this now for five years or something here, and it's just, it's usually just the same. It's often, not usually, but often the same kind of, venues that seem to continually be out of compliance and that we're having to spend an inordinate amount of resources on. And we have like literally thousand permits that we watch over, at least hundreds and hundreds. And so we know that 
if people follow the rules that it, generally things are fine. And then it's just the same group of permit holders who just, they seem to, they seem to treat this body kind of with open, kind of open, I don't know if disdain is, is maybe too strong a word, but they certainly don't seem to take what we do seriously. Um, and, and that's a shame because I, I think that you're not going to find a group in city hall or in government or of, of leaders in the city that is kind of more pro nightlife than, than we are. And so when, when somebody rises to that level, Daniel, it's, you know, it's only a handful of people out of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm not putting you in that category quite yet, but I'm, I just hope that you kind of learn from other permit holders who kind of work with us and, and see us as like a partner who can actually be really helpful for making money and helpful for resources and not as like some, you know, principal Rooney from, from Ferris Bueller's day off or something who's always trying to kill the buzz. Like we're, we're out there. We have a tough job in this office of kind of mitigating the issues between neighbors and and between venues and and making sure that venues are responsible enough for the responsibility of having live music, right? And that's not as responsible as, you know, operating a class C machine or something where you could, but it, there's a lot of responsibility around having a form of entertainment that people will come to and gather. And we need to make sure that everybody is responsible enough for that, or it's on us if something goes wrong and things go wrong sometimes. And so, I would just encourage you to kind of shift, you know, you say the right things. I'm, I'm not going to, I don't need to hear from you or anything, but I just would encourage you to kind of just shift the way you're thinking. Like, you know, Stephen and I have owned venues for decades. Uh, you know, Dave Falzon was like, he's like helped to make a regulatory environment between the police and nightlife that is highly functional and works. I mean, these people, the people on this commission are like in it to win it and really want places to flourish. We, and, and like Dave said, we don't want you to do $400 a night. We want you to do more. The other thing I'd say, two more things. One is that if you ever plan on applying for a planning permit, you're going to find them a lot less uh, uh, flexible and forgiving as, as, as we are. And if you have this track record of just flaunting the rules, that's the first thing that's going to come up. And there's a really good chance that they're just going to reject you because of that. So if that is something you're thinking about for the future, just you got to clean it up now. And the final thing I'd say is I, I know Gestalt well. I've, I've spent a lot of time in there. It's a cool place. I, I wish we had more places like it in San Francisco, kind of a little more punk rock and a little more Little, little less polished. And I, I like that. My bars are like that too. So I appreciate that. But there, there may be some programming that you want to have in there that you just can't given your, the space and the doors. And, you know, like if, if you really want that guy with the fender, it just may not work in your location. And so, because every time the door opens, the neighbors may be just getting blasted with, you know, a, a electric guitar, which would be much better fit for a different venue that's maybe not in your location or has better soundproofing or isn't doesn't have the same layout as your venue. And so I think you just need you need to be flexible on what kind of you know what kind of music you're offering and it some of it just might not work as as on brand as it might be for your particular um ambiance that you're going for. It just it just may not work there. And so 
I would just encourage you to be flexible on that. So those are all comments. I don't necessarily need you to answer, but man, if you could just see us as a resource and work with us and don't take the permit that we offer you and immediately start violating it. I mean, that's the bare minimum that we ask. So that's all I'll say. Any further questions from anybody here? All right. Um, so Daniel, um, I'll just ask you to stick around while we entertain conversations here, but you do not need to respond here. We're gonna have a conversation amongst ourselves. So you can just mute yourself and chill unless uh, you're called upon now, because we just need to figure out, we, we did call them here to discuss possible reconditioning. My personal feeling is that the conditions that they have are adequate um, and that we might not need to recondition, but we need him to do is to follow the actual conditions that we put into place. But I would love to hear what the rest of you have to think on this. Fels on. Um, President Blyman, I completely agree with you. I, I don't think now's the time to start messing with conditions. Um, what, what I would recommend we do, and I don't, I'm open to anyone's suggestion on a timeline. I, I think we need to bring Daniel back. I don't know if that's in 30, 60 or 90 days, but I think he has to come back and we do a check-in. And I think, um, I think that's where the gauntlet's gonna fall. And if he's had significant improvement, great. We can applaud that and we can praise him and we can continue to support him. On the other hand, unfortunately, if we're just getting lip service right now, tonight to get off the, you know, to get through this, um, I like to think that's not the case, but if it is, then um, we deal with it then. So if my colleagues are interested in that idea, I would defer to all of you on when the appropriate time to bring him back is, because I'm open to that topic. Thank you. Um, I mean, I think some people have to work, learn the hard way and and if they don't wake up when they're almost ready to lose something, you know, uh, I think maybe he does have a better idea how to handle his permit. I, I agree with um, Commit, Commissioner Falzon about the uh, review in 30 days or a couple of months. I'm, I think if he gets one more complaint, you know, we have to go out there again and he's not on the premise. I mean, obviously he's not operating his um, venue in the proper way, uh, but I, I, I would support uh, Commissioner Falzon's uh, review in, in whatever, 30 or 90, 60 days. And uh, if it happens again, you know, and, and it's bad for the other people that do have LPs and POEs because if one venue is going amok, it basically looks bad on all of us. I mean, I mean, as far as uh, POE holders, not for the commission. Commission, we look like we're too lenient, but at the same time, uh, you know, I think uh, let's give them a break, you know, and give them one more opportunity, but uh, definitely a review in 30 or 60 days, whatever you guys decide. Okay, I think I think there's general consensus there. I don't think we need to codify that with any votes or anything. I think we just can direct staff at a later time to do that. But I'm I'm on board with that, and I can uh, unless Director Wyland, you think that's a, a a wise course. That's fine. I think Deputy Director Azevedo is making note of that for a future hearing, and we will just chalk this item up to discussion only. So all you need to do is take public comment. 
Yeah, and I would just say, look, um, if if you return here in ninety days and and you're and you're actively, you know, doing everything you can to 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 follow the the permit that you have, that's what we want to see, right? And you know, people still might complain. There still may be, you know, there may be issues that that happens, but just the wild disregard is the first thing to put an end to. And then the second thing is the decibel level, right? And, you know, if we're seeing that that's working, then I think we will have a different opinion, but we just want some, we want so, to see a track record of that actually occurring. <laughs> All right. I think we're, I think we're, 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 we're uh, on the same page here. Does anybody have anything they want to add before we move on to public comment? Okay, is there any public comment on this agenda item? I will flash the screen for a few seconds. All right, I am checking and there is none. All right, we'll close public comment and we can move to the next item, which is... Okay, the next agenda item is number seven, uh, which is the discussion of the Just Add Music Permit uh, Jam 125 DBA The Midway, located at 900 Marin Street, San Francisco, regarding the compliance plan. And we will ask Deputy Director Azevedo to introduce this item as well. Okay, the agenda item, this agenda item is to hear from the owners of the Midway about their com improved compliance plan and to discuss their operations. So as you may recall, the Midway had weekend long events on October 16th and 17th, November 13th and 14th, and December 31st to January 2nd that resulted in numerous complaints. In response to the complaints, the business was issued a citation and Director Weiland and I made the following suggestions to improve their compliance. One, their team writes a statement acknowledging their events and share, and I share it with the 15 complainants who provided the email addresses in their complaints and emails. I offered to do this because we must keep the complainants information anonymous unless they specify otherwise. Two, their team pushes out their real-time phone number and email address to the neighborhoods again and add them to their website if they have not already. We believe it'd be most beneficial if the neighbors can contact the venue directly in real time, but they need to know how. Have a staff person, number three, have a staff person walk out to their sound limit checkpoints with a meter every 30 minutes during a show and take a reading and document the measurements. Staff can notify the sound engineer immediately if the volume is too high. And four, lastly, install a limiter if they are unable to control the volume of the performers in real time. I understand the owners have been in contact with some of their neighbors to discuss mitigation strategies and have also implemented some new practices. Pete, Jordan, and Andrea are here this evening to share these new and improved measures with you all and to answer any questions that you may have about their operations and plans for future compliance. All right, I will uh, bring them in right now. All right. Great. Can you hear us? Great. Awesome. Hi, everyone. Good evening, commissioners. There we go. Great. Um, so Caitlin and Dylan and I have had a couple of conversations just over 
kind of the things that have happened the last couple of months. Obviously, we had several complaints um, going into the New Year's event, and um, I would say on the whole, we did a pretty good job. We didn't really get any major complaints until Sunday, um, which in retrospect, we were able to see that there was a post made on Nextdoor um, that coincided with when all of the calls came in. So I have um, those available that I can share on the screen here if I can figure out how to share screen. So give me just two seconds. Great. While you're bringing this up, maybe if one of you can explain the point of showing us this. Yeah. Oops. Hold on two um, just the, the one thing that we wanted to share was that um, there was a lot of feedback on both sides, right? So there were some people who were upset about the noise complaints and there were other people who were just kind of happy to hear things happening in San Francisco once again. Um, I think we obviously have further to go in terms of mitigating some of the sound complaints. Um, but I, I do think that this is another opportunity to engage people on another platform that while we posted on Nextdoor and started a page on there, um, it's just a really great platform for us to kind of take this to the next step and actually engage with people a little bit further. Um, and obviously, we're still kind of learning how to use Nextdoor. So, Andrew, if I can just ask real quick, because so we can get to the essence of this. Yeah. So, I, I trust you. You don't need to show us the screen. But how many people were glad to hear all this noise compared to those complaining? And just in simple percentages, were 30% glad to hear the noise or 20%? It was about 50-50. Okay, so 50% of the people really enjoyed the noise and 50% were really bothered by it. Um, let, me, let me jump in for a quick second. Um, it, it, uh, it, was, it was roughly 50-50. Um, hey, Pete, can, can you just, for, for, so we can get some context, approximately how many participants? We don't need to see it. We trust you guys. Are we talking 10 people, 50? Around a dozen. Okay. Um, so, you know, a dozen, maybe 15 folks. Um, were so, the six but, that were enjoying the noise by chance employees? No, <laughs> zero, none. Uh, it was all it was all neighborhood folks. It was. I, it was, I understand. It was. A, we could definitely orchestrate that, and that it'll be overwhelmingly positive. But but the fact of the matter is this, folks. Um, well, the internet's been around for a minute. We kind of know how it works. People are just shitty on the internet. Um, the internet basically brings out the absolute worst in everyone. <laughs> and what happens is. One person says something crummy, and then all sorts of other people decide to also have something crummy to say. So this one person at, at some point in the afternoon said, this is unbearable. Uh, um, I can't live like this. Um, this is literally, please call 311. Please call 311, right? And, and immediately after, um, within, I, I don't know the, the time frame, but it was, it was basically a reaction. Um, I, I basically, the entirety of the, the complaints came in right after this one woman posted this on three on on next door. Now, funny thing happened after um, all these people decided to say, yay, I'm going to jump in. So many other people unprompted said, hey, um, 
you know, the midway is great. Um, some of the mo most compelling stuff, we'll forward this along to you all. Some of the most compelling stuff is folks saying, hey, you know what? The midway really is not my cup of tea, but I'm really grateful to have um, their things happen. They're not my things, but if I expect for my things to be able to happen in San Francisco, I understand that this is part of it. Um, the one woman said, hey, you know, I was biking by with my daughter and we wanted to check out what was happening and they were um, nice enough to open up the gates so we could watch the show for a while. And that's kind of how we run the business. Um, we, we fancy ourselves as very much part and parcel of the neighborhood and we um, tend to include and involve folks who are in the area. Um, you know, another person said, oh, hey, you know, I'm fully supportive. My my son played there last week or two weeks ago or something like that. So it was, and, and the fun and really funny thing happened. All the people that were talking about how horrible it was somehow went quietly away because over, well, the neighbor, like, and we all know this again, This we know this from the internet. We know this from um, what's the, what's the Yelp. Thank you very much. I tried to, I tried to talk a friend of mine into suing Yelp so we wouldn't be on their platform. Apparently that's not doable, but this was way back in Jones days. And they're just, people are horrible and people only have the crummiest things to say. And the fact of the matter is that the, the number of people that had really positive things to say about the event and about how we run our business um, says a lot because most of the time people don't really weigh in with nice stuff. So anyway. I talk too much. And I think on a perspective to kind of get down to the, the meat and potatoes of, of what we're talking about, we took a really proactive approach on, on this on, on this show. It's something, it's a show that's been going on for years and years and years that Pete and I have been involved with. It started out outdoors at on Utah Street and kind of grew from there, and it's now over here at, at Midway. And when it was at Utah Street, we proactively, weeks before, would go out, introduce ourselves, meet people, say we're doing a big party. We did a very similar sort of stance this time. And if you look at the, the outcome of the proactive approach that we took in, in light of this show, this, this uh, a month ago, we had the ability to, to get out there, proactively have these conversations, and not until Sunday evening, in, in later in the evening, when we only had a couple more hours left, after going for three con two consecutive days before that, did we receive a, a, an influx of complaints? Uh, so, and it was after it was after this next door post. So we did take into consideration after the last time that we were here, we <laughs> created a phone line for the neighbors to reach out to us directly. We blasted our contact information and a way to get a hold of us directly all over our social medias, our websites, everywhere. We had someone had a personal cell phone where or the phone number was forwarded to someone's personal cell phone so that we could answer it in real time and adjust these things in real time. Where somebody suggested that we add a button on our homepage, which we're working on, we're going to get that done as well. You know, it, not like please complain, but something that's a little bit more neutral, like please let us know how you're doing right front and center on the homepage. Look, so at Mighty, it was pretty straightforward because um, we literally just had to walk up Utah and leave a bunch of flyers on people's doors um, yeah. and they got in touch with us. This is a little bit more tricky because the way the hills are around here, it, it, it goes in random directions. Um, the, the, the thing that I want to sort of, um, and, and, and in, in, Inspector Fels, Commissioner Felzon, um, was, was a big part of, uh, of sort of us opening Jones, which is not an entertainment venue, but it's an incredibly busy bar that does stuff occasionally. 
um, in terms of um, entertainment and, and acts and events and such. Um, you know, when we opened the Jones, there was a, um, a, I don't know, I don't know if I want to call it a torrent, but there, there was pretty regular, pretty, um, uh, it, it, there were complaints. There was, it was an adjustment period. Not that we didn't know what we were doing, but it's, it's something where it, the, the, the reality of a new busy um, outdoor place um, was jarring to some neighbors. Um, one of the things we did was, um, the folks whose windows faced our patio at Jones, we went around, um, and offered to install this is a shitty old Tenderloin hotel. I mean, not shitty by Tenderloin standards, but shitty by every other standard. Um, but like the, it's a rundown building that's owned and run by. Let Park. me just interrupt to get us back on point. And I appreciate. I, I know you guys work very hard at Jones. So, but but really, Jones isn't what we're talking about tonight. Right. But let me just, this just let me ask a couple quick things. Sure. Uh, Deputy Director, they rattled off a handful of things they did. Did that address all three of your requests? I feel like one of them I didn't hear. Um. So. Andrea did connect with me in writing about the three items. Um, and the one that I'm not entirely clear on though is the checking the measurements throughout the uh, the performances. And I know that the limiter is the last case you know, last case scenario, right? That's that's not the ideal what so you guys want to do. Are you guys doing regular sound checks? Uh so we did, we had someone assigned on this last time and we had one dB meter. What we figured out this last event is just having it assigned to one person only. Okay. Get caught up in what's going on. So we've purchased a second dB meter to be able to have that distributed between a couple of people to ensure it happens more consistently. Okay. So thank you. So on a positive, the commission asked you to do three things and it sounds like you're doing the three things. I only have one last question. I can't tell by what your guys are, but what, by what you folks are telling us if you see a problem or not. So my question is simply, are, are you as concerned as the commission is about the feedback we're getting? So the, the short answer is we are concerned about the feedback that you get. We're also concerned about the ecosystem and the entertainment ecosystem of, of San Francisco. And, and part of this is some of the conversation that we've had with, with director and deputy director is looking at, at more uh, realistic or or limits that allow us to operate within the limits of what we're given, because this time we're we're operating at a hundred under a one hundred decibel limit, and we we kept on trying to go down. We kept on trying to go down, and and I personally was here the entirety of the show from every moment that we were open. I was here and I met with the inspector directly. I walked with him. We talked. We worked on solutions to be able to have this be as as someone said earlier. The Entertainment Commission is here to help and support entertainment in San Francisco, and we want to be able to do that. Do we think that there was a, that there was issue? Yes, we know that there were some some complaints and things like that. Do we think that that's the end all be all? And because there's some complaints that we can't improve both as a venue and as a city to to keep on embracing and supporting entertainment in San Francisco, absolutely, there's work to be done on both sides. And, and this, the Jones thing, I understand that that's not what we're talking about, but it speaks to track record and it speaks to also I agree. sort of I agree. The, 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 the experience. The experience is this. Something new happens, 
people get up in arms. That, this is San Francisco. There's nothing that anybody's ever going to do that's not going to piss somebody off. The the thing that I want for for everyone to sort of uh, to, to sort of have faith in is that we will work and we will address things and we will eventually be okay with our neighbors because we've never not done that. And so, you know, let's face it. Uh, we have hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of people within a block or so radius of Jones. Um, and we've gone so far out of the way. Um, we, you know, the, the one big weekend that we have over there is gay pride. And, you know, um, it's, it's a shit show all over the city and it's a, it's a very, very, very busy weekend for us. There's, there were neighbors in that building who, um, even with the double pane windows, just were not, they, they didn't, they couldn't manage a weekend long gay pride event at Jones, which is, you know, their front yard, their backyard, whatever it is, to the point where we, several people for many years, we would literally send them on a staycation right up the hill to the Mark Hopkins where they could relax and enjoy the weekend in peace and quiet. We, we actually did that this year for a couple in Potrero that has a new baby that was having a hard time with the frequency. Literally put them up for three days. Not a big deal for us. It's, it's one of the many things that we do and will continue to do to make sure that we're okay with the neighborhood. Eventually, everyone will get used to the thing and it'll be part of life and that's how it goes. Um, but it, it, Pete, let me let me just tell you from an equity point of view, you're not the only club that's doing that. But I appreciate you doing it. But believe it or not, you're there I are it. a handful of clubs that that operate similarly. Yeah, I believe it. So, uh, okay. I think that one one just point, and and I don't, I'm not here to opine on on any of the previous folks that were up, but I was listening and hearing. And it was something where it was a reoccurring months after months, inspector after inspector after inspector. We we were in front of the commission not too long ago, a month ago, and and we were told what was expected of us, and we acted on that. We did it. We we did what we were asked. We Pete apologized about some interactions in in the past, and we are moving forward with the intent and the absolute desire to create awesomeness in San Francisco. And we understand that that's part, like the entertainment commission plays a big part of that. And we need to be able to work together to get to that point. I just want to remind the commissioners, because I feel like there's some confusion that you all are here tonight at your request, not ours, right? Uh, I, I, we were going to request it, but Caitlin got ahead of it. <laughs> So we're, he, yes, we're. So, so on both sides, I think. Okay, and this is a discussion only item. And I think what we're really wanting to know is what strategies you've implemented, including those that Caitlin has suggested so far. Okay, so that's what we're here to discuss. <coughs> Trying to keep it on track. I, I, I'm not sure, Director, who you're directing this at. Um, my questions are my questions, and I'm not changing my position. I'm not sure if you're trying to get them back on track, um, but I don't really care who asked for the meeting. I, my point is I just did not want to go into a long narrative that I couldn't follow, and that's why I interrupted, because I'm trying to understand. Uh, I couldn't tell if, if they were uh, concerned or not. So that's kind of where I'm coming yeah. from. We're so we're definitely like Jordan said. We're we're not schluffing this off. We're concerned because 
nobody wants to have complaints and nobody wants to have, you know, take up you guys' time with this stuff. Um, but we're actively working on it. We're going to continue to actively work on it. Um, like I said, there's always something of an adjustment period. Um, we adjust how we operate uh, in places. The neighborhood gets used to things happening that may not have been happening um, in past years. Uh, and, and we all go forward, you know, we all go marching together, but we're definitely on it. Um, there's a few other things that, that, that we're gonna be trying in terms of outreach. Um, and we're also just, you know, we're building up our um, list of contacts. We're building, but a lot of this stuff is, is just people being aware of what's happening and not being taken by surprise um, on the weekend. Um, so that's, that's where we're at. I got a comment. So, I mean, what they're doing is the normal operation you know, if I was in the same boat, you know, you would have to monitor the sound, got to go out there. But my question is, when you do get a complaint and you did check your meter, were you guys over your DB level? Or do you feel that, you know, the complaint might have been a delay or something and how sometimes things go up and it comes back down. So when you did get any kind of real-time complaint, did you find that you were really out of compliance by accident maybe? Or... Again, you know, there's always going to be some some neighbor or two that really has got it after you. We know that. There's always somebody in the neighborhood. But <clears throat> we can't always, you know, that's just, hey, we wouldn't be in this business if we're not, it's not going to happen. It's never going to go away. The, the thing what we want to make sure that you're in compliance. And if you can log it in that at this time, this was our DB reading, and then when complaints come in and you compare your notes, you know what I mean? You, you know, there's a certain amount of data that- That's actually very helpful. We haven't gotten any of them in real time. They were all on 311, but we will keep working and we'll keep like trying to build up those lines of communication where people can hit us up. The other thing is we're gonna go, so we have, an, we have a, a request uh, with a property owner down third street um, to install a permanent mic on top of their building. Um, that's, we're working out the, the software. Um, this is just part of the stuff that I'm sorry, just cut me off if I'm rambling. Um, but that's one of the things we're, we're looking at. Somebody from the building complained. I went out and met with the guy. He put in a request with his, um, landlord for us to install a, a microphone on top of his building. That's really good. That'll be really good, really helpful data. Um, we're trying to figure out what kind of software we can use to be able to re have those readings in real time. Um, we also need to go out and sort of and, and figure out there's a couple of different folks that I've been in touch with um, that have complained with that have like I've sort of picked up the conversation and we're we're talking and we'll go out to their homes um, and do readings and, and try to mess because again like we you guys all know this stuff it, it's probably one or two frequencies that we could probably just eliminate altogether and that'll be the solve for us we just need to know which ones and we need to be able to play with it while somebody is up there taking readings and listening and we'll we're in the process of doing all of that and another big factor which we we mentioned last time is the climate so like it might not seem like it's a big thing but when cloud cover comes in it changes the the direction and the length of of travel for some of these frequencies. So these are all things that our sound techs have been aware of 
the microphone going up. And then also on our next show, like Pete said, we plan on making stops. So we have, we have, we will have a sound tech that is their entire responsibility is to be going around the neighborhood and doing sound checks from where we know specific neighbors have complained in the past. I think uh, for your benefit and ours, maybe when you do uh, send these people out that they actually write it down, you know, what time Absolutely. and dates, because, you know, it, you know, it's really hard for us to make a quick decision, you know, like, you know, neighbors obviously would, wouldn't want to spend the time to make complaints unless they really hate you. Okay. Or they really annoyed. So, but there's going to be a lot of people that support you, but at the same time, we need the information and, and, and you going through the due diligence to do it proves to us that you're serious about it. And at least a lot of the neighbors would probably appreciate that. So like uh, commissioner Falzon says, we have to take you you know, for the benefit of doubt. And we know from your past experience, you try to help with the neighbors, but that's just how it is. That's part of our business, you know, as operators. But at the same time, uh, you know, we have to make it fair for everybody. So instead of telling us about, you know, who's bad or who's picking on you, it's who cares, you know, we're getting the complaints. We want to fix it. You got to give us the data and what you're doing and maybe what neighbor Who's, who could stood up for you that you're doing that part? Maybe the guy that you're putting the microphone at their house and say, yeah, they're, they're making an effort. You know, you got to. Uh, he definitely, he, he was one of the people that wrote it and complained. He's also written you guys and said, hey, I take it all back. We've met, we're working on it. Okay, so those, that, that. that kind of written data helps. Yep, he's okay. done that. And we'll continue to document things as we go. Like you said, having the, the DV reading is along the way. We can put together a spreadsheet, so that's very easy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know what else we can do about their procedures, you know, other than they have to document what they're saying they're doing. That's my opinion. Yes. Yeah, I have a question for the permit holders. I was just wondering, just to clarify, is the entertainment happening indoors or is it happening in your patio? Oh, no, it's not on the patio. It's on the street. It's on the street. Okay. So okay. Just want to clarify. In for our street closures, our regular operations, I don't think. I don't think we've ever gotten a complaint. Yeah, no, zero. Okay. Not on the patio either. There's just not enough sound out there to make any kind of difference to anyone. Okay. Just want to clarify. Thank you. Any other questions? All right. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I, I actually. What I was going to say was very similar to what Commissioner Lee said, which is that we're not really hung up on complaints. I think. I think that's kind of the wrong way of looking at us. We we react to complaints. That's the only. You know. That's we have limited resources. But if people complain, people complain all the time, and we go and the and the the venue operators are operating within the limits that we have to uphold by law for their permit. And so I, you know, the issue is not that we're getting complaints here. I think it's okay to get complaints. I mean, people complain sometimes. The issue is that, you know, tr multiple times when we visited, you guys have been out of compliance. A few times it's been a little bit of uh, a tense standoff with our staff. And, but, you know, those limits are there for a reason. If we need to like, 
you know, revisit those limits and do more sound tests. We're always open to that. I'm not sure you'll get a different result. There's no guarantee the results better than what you have. You know, I, I think part of it, I, I understand the mission you guys are on to, to do awesome stuff. And I think for the most part you do, I mean, you have a reputation for that. I know a lot of people love the Midway and love Jones. The, the issue that I have is, is doing awesome stuff doesn't necessarily mean that you could just pick any venue and just do awesome stuff there. I get the appeal of the Midway. It felt like it was probably pretty isolated, but there's plenty of people doing awesome stuff all over the city and making the city much better that, that aren't constantly um, out of compliance with their entertainment permits. So that's, you know, it's not a mutually exclusive thing where you, you know, you can either have an entertainment per per permit or be awesome. Like I, I, I kind of reject that, that thing. So the question is that with the venues that you have, Jones, obviously really problematic. You've got people living on top of you in a highly densely populated area and Midway, I'm sure there's appeal there and uh, people love it. Don't get me wrong, but the sound's carrying and it's carrying far. And like, that's why we set these limits. And if you can't be within the limits, then maybe that space isn't right, right? Like maybe there's a, a space further out or in a, you know, in outdoor space that doesn't have that, but that's not on us, right? So, you know, I appreciate that it sounds like you are taking some measures here. You know, I don't know if I personally would ever wade into next door, but that will just make you hate the, the world. But, you know, being proactive with neighbors, I don't, I, I don't even dislike the strategy of kind of conditioning neighbors to get used to it. I think that's okay too. But at the end of the day, if we show up and you're out of, you're above your decibel level, then by law, we have to do something. That's their job. It's not personal. It's not, we're not a war on fun. We, we have to do something. We don't, it's in our charter. It's in the law, right? So, you know, we're not like the police who have like a little more breadth of what they can and can't enforce and a little more like where they're, we have very specific things. It's decibel level. That's it. We're showing up with a reader. If it's above that, then it's not working. And if you have questions about our process or you want to review your decibel levels, I, I have no problem with that. But if you're over, you're over. Like, what are we going to do? You know? Um, so again, I don't, there's not much of a response I'd ask for from you guys, but that, that that's where we're coming from. Right. And, and again, you know, we're going to be, you're going to find us to be a lot more sympathetic a body than anybody else who's going to be dealing with this. So, you know, we're stuck with each other right now, but like work with us and it sounds like you're making some efforts. It sounds great. I think we could constantly be looking at that, but keep those decibels down to under the limit. And it even if there are a hundred complaints and the wind is picking it up and depositing it in West portal or wherever the hell it's going, you guys are squeaky clean if you're under your decibel level. There's nothing those neighbors can do. They can complain all day. And we say, sorry, I'm I'm operating within the law. I mean, that's the best thing ever. So that's that's all I got. Uh, any further questions from commissioners or all right. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate you being proactive. Um, and let's open this up to public comment. All right. I'm going to flash the Public comment slide for a few seconds. If anybody has a comment, please raise your hand. All right, I'm checking to see there's no hand raised and there's no comment in the chat box. All right, unless any commissioners object, I'll go ahead and close this. <laughs> so, um, 
I, I just kind of, you know, I like to keep up to date, you know, on your progress about all these things you're doing. And if you can just jot it down and give it to Deputy Director Azevedo so we can, you know, just kind of you know, monitor the situation a little bit, you know, and see how you're progressing. Uh, I don't think you can do anything else. And like President Blyman said, it's just turn it down. But if you think you're in compliance and you think that they're just messing with you, then show us the data, you know, tell us where you're getting the information. That's all I can say. All right, thanks. Let's go ahead and close this agenda item as we did public comment. Okay. Thank you. I know you did like thanks, you guys. Thank you guys. Yeah, thanks. All right. What the? All right. The next agenda item is the final agenda item is number eight, which is commissioner comments and questions and new business request for future agenda items. Anybody? Uh, Mr. Perez. I just want to say happy lunar new year of the tiger. This year is supposed to symbolize resilience and strength. So I'm looking forward to making this pivot towards a refreshingly good change for the year. So happy new year to everybody. Happy Lunar New Year. I did have a question um, as Commissioner Falzon was asking about the fines. I didn't realize they weren't really progressive. Um, is there opportunity to like reform that aspect or the fines are progressive, but they're pretty minor, Commissioner Wang. So they start at $100 and then we can up them to 200 and then we can progress from there. I think it in administrative code chapter 100, I think they can go all the way up to 1000. Correct me if I'm wrong, Deputy Director Azevedo. We just looked at this recently. But um, unfortunately, it would be very challenging to change it. Uh, there are several other city agencies that rely on that piece of code. Um, so it could happen, but we need a whole lot of buy-in from other agencies. I don't, I'm, I'm not a fan of the fines as a means of compliance. I think our, our main leverage point that we have as a body is through reconditioning. So when we're trying to bring somebody into compliance, I think where we really can get maximum impact is by is by examining the conditions on their license and maybe, you know, taking them down for decibel levels or hours and things like that, which I think is a lot more compelling than just a cash a check you have to write. And I think that the 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 fines I personally think are, are regressive in that, you know, you know, richer businesses can pay them easily and and businesses that don't have as much. So I like to, you know, personally, I think our, our real, our real teeth is around reconditioning and, and suspension, obviously, but that's a much bigger thing. I definitely think that's the case in general, but I can see incidents where there are cases that the sign amount is such a drop in the bucket that they just decide it's a worthy trade-off and they're going to yeah. continue flaunting for a while. So I just want to make sure there is that discretion in those kinds of cases. I will also mention that if the repeat violation is a sound limit violation, that's something that we track because if you have three violations within a three month period, I as director can suspend your entertainment permit. 
just based on those grounds alone. Um, so we have done that before. It's pretty rare. Um, and we tend to warn venues about that, which helps with compliance as well. But I would agree just over time working here that the reconditioning method is really helpful. Any other comments? I just said one thing. Um, we could, Ben Van Houten kind of brushed over it quickly, but this RBS, the responsible beverage training that the ABC rammed through, is it just stinks. And I want to go on the public record saying that they they did it through the dead of night. They offered very little public comment. Even offering public comment for them is like they don't even tell you what they're what you're offering public comment on. It's like a web of deceit in order to even figure out what you're commenting on. Um, it creates a registry for people who serve alcohol in the state like a, a state registry. So there's gonna be um, tens of thousands of people whose names have to go into a registry. Uh, not everybody who works and serves alcohol, whether it's a server or, a, or a, a bartender or whoever wants their name in a state registry for various reasons. Yeah, that um, makes sense. It brings up all sorts of equity concerns. Is the training being translated into the 18 languages that Californians speak? Um, so far we've heard it's not. Um, is it going to be expensive? We don't know. In the past, sometimes these trainings can run up to $199, $200, $300 per employee. Um, they haven't answered these questions. They rammed this thing through. Everybody signed it. And now we have until July to get into compliance. And so I just want to make sure we stay on top of this. I know Ben's on it. And I think there's a real opportunity for some outrage around it because I think the ABC kind of, um, I think they're out a little bit over their skis on this. And they couldn't even explain why this is necessary instead of leads training. I, it just made absolutely no sense. All the comments were against it and they still rammed it through. So I'm bugged by it, perturbed. Um, all right, well, happy Lunar New Year, everyone. Is there any public comment on our final agenda item? I'm checking and there is none. All right, then we will adjourn the meeting at 7.05 p.m. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. See you Do not soon. Drive. Thank you.